in a place known to be the land of saints and scholars, home to Saints Patrick, Bridget, and Columba. There are those that have lived lives of heroic virtue, yet are forgotten by time. These are the stories of Ireland's forgotten treasures, told by Father Gabriel Burke. Hi everyone, Father Gabriel Burke here, curate in Blarney Parish in the south of Ireland. We're continuing our talk on unhidden treasures, those causes for canonization that might have stalled or maybe are just floating around there. You might remember the very first podcast we did was on the Irish martyrs. Now, in one of those battles with Oliver Cromwell, the whole of the Irish population was pushed to be west of the River Shannon. And they were pushed into a province called Connacht, and also a county of Clare, which belongs to the province of Munster. The thing about that side of the country, the western side of the country, is the land is very poor. It's When you think of Ireland, it's the typical Irish scene. The stone walls, the little cabins, the thatched roof, the women in shawls, that's Connacht of yesteryear. It has always been the poorest province. It's the province with the highest emigration, even today, although its population has finally begun to go up. And it's in that province, in County Mayo, where the Peyton family came from. They came from a little place called Atimas. And again, Atimas is your typical Irish place. There's a church, a school, and a few cottages, and that's it. You look around the place, fine green land, but underneath that green, there's a lot of stone. And so you see all these small fields with stone walls. And the Patons were a good practicing Catholic family. They had six children on 14 acres of land. So you can imagine he had a couple of cows, typical Irish cows, small breed, either Irish mall, which would have been um, red with a white ridge, or another method of Irish Catholic um, women, which are kind of more reddish. But they wouldn't be very big. He probably didn't have a horse or a pony. Probably any farm work was done with a donkey. And certainly if they were going into Mass on a Sunday, they'd put a little cart on the donkey and go into Mass that way. So it was a subsistence farming. And it was a difficult life. You know, you've got your few acres of potatoes. You've got your cow in the field. You're trying your best to get the hay ready. In the west of Ireland, it's quite difficult because the weather, it's probably the wettest part of the country. And that's saying a lot about Ireland. And in that, they had their faith. But as I said before, there's always been a lot of emigration. So into this family was born Father Patrick. And he was baptised a really typical Irish name, Patrick Joseph Payton. He had brothers and sisters, but most of them 
had begun to emigrate. He had two sisters in the US. And in 1928, he and his brother emigrated, took the ship to America, stayed first of all in New York, and then went to Scranton in Pennsylvania, where his sister was there. Now, she um, worked for the governor, and she was the housekeeper. But she also knew the cathedral staff. And she spoke to them about her brother, who she thought had a vocation to the priesthood. So the rector of the cathedral hired Father Patrick as a janitor in the cathedral. And he worked there for a year. And being in the cathedral, it meant that his vocation to the priesthood began to form. And he was able to pray there. And then one day, a priest of the Holy Cross came to visit the cathedral. I'm not sure whether he came on a vocation drive or whether he came to do a mission, but it inspired Patrick. And so he and his brother followed them and they started in the high school of the Holy Cross because you see, he hadn't completed his education in Ireland. So he and his brother then went on to Notre Dame, or Notre Dame as you say in America, and studied there at the college. But it was during his philosophy days that Patrick became very ill. And in fact, he had gotten tuberculosis, which had been a scourge in Ireland in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. He became very ill at the time, and his spiritual director told him, he said, look, do what the Irish always do. Pray your rosary with faith. And so Patrick decided that he would pray his rosary with faith. And lo and behold, he was cured of his TB. And that was confirmed by the doctors later who examined his lungs and x-rays and found no patches left. And in Thanksgiving, he decided then that he would, um, for the rest of his life, devote himself to the rosary. Now, he and his brother were ordained together in the Basilica of Notre Dame. And um, his brother was sent off to one house of the Holy Cross and Father Peyton to the other. So that was in June the 15th in 1941 that they were ordained. His first assignment was in Albany in New York, and he was chaplain to the Holy Cross Brothers of the Vincentian Institute. And it was there that he started preparing his Rosary Crusade. He began to write letters to the bishops, to the Catholic lady, uh, laity, and other groups imploring them about the importance of the family rosary. He then started using radium and then he'd have big billboards about praying the rosary. And then, of course, later came television. And he made great use of all this media. He was fantastic with the media. And he got to know many of the Hollywood stars. And they said the rosary for him on the telly. People like Bing Crosby. 
and Grace Kelly as she was. And when Grace Kelly gave up the life of Hollywood and became the Princess of Monaco, her work with Peyton didn't end. She might have ended her Hollywood career, but she continued her career. And I vaguely remember in 1979 when the Pope was coming to Ireland, that on the state broadcasting in Ireland, in preparation for the Pope's visit, there was a program of rosary with Father Peyton and the then Grace Kelly, Princess of Monaco. And that was to prepare us all for the Pope's visit. He used the rosary to bring families together and his slogan was, the family that prays together stays together. And he brought that everywhere with him. And at the time, Communism was a big threat. You had the Cold War. And so he would use the rosary to pray for an end to communism. And he brought that message all over the world to Belgium, Spain, the Philippines, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Peru, Brazil. During the Marion year of 1954, he came to Ireland and it's estimated that as many as 445,000 people went to his Rosary Crusades. That's a huge number in Ireland because it's about 10% of the population that was at that time. It is that prayer and the simplicity of the prayer that makes it so easy. When you think about the Rosary, what is it really? It's a string of beads cut up into decades, 10 beads. And you have five of those 10 beads. And in between those 10 beads, there's a bigger bead, which is the Our Father. And so what you have in the rosary is very simply the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be. Said again and again and again and if you think about these new ways they have of people helping them to sleep they might have a bit of noise in the background like a river running or rain coming down that's what the hail marys and the our fathers are they're that relaxing sound that helps us to calm down and each decade represents a mystery. And while we're saying those prayers that are relaxing us, we're thinking of the mysteries. Maybe we're putting ourselves into the mystery. But that's working away. And then we're saying the prayers vocally. So we're using our mind and we're using our mouth and we're using our body because the beads go through our hands. Again, you often see in the Mediterranean men walking around with beads in their hands and they're flicking them back and forth, back and forth. It's a way of calming themselves down. So the rosary above all is a prayer of calmness, of meditation and a vocal prayer. So what we're getting is the mind, the body, and the mouth coming together 
in a prayer. And it just relaxes us. And the beauty of the rosary is it can be said anywhere. You can be walking in the street. You can be on the bus. You can be driving your car. You can be sitting down in your armchair. You can be in the church. You could be cutting the lawn and praying the rosary. And the beauty of the rosary is, as a family prayer, it's so simple. You don't have to go flicking through books, trying to get this prayer and that prayer. Or maybe picking up, even though scripture is great, but in a family, you know, you've got mom and dad who are adults, you've got young kids. And the knowledge of scripture is different for each generation. And, you know, kids might be able to. But a child can easily say, then our father, hail Mary, the glory be. And the beauty of the rosary is that the child's imagination is used. So that when you go to pray as a family, you've got a beautiful prayer that everybody can say and everybody can join in. And then dad can lead the first decade, mom can lead the second decade, little Johnny can read the third, little Nelly the fourth, and so on. So that the whole family is able to pray. And usually in Ireland what happens is the first half of the prayer is said, the Our Father, by one person, and everybody responds with the second half. So here you have a really easy family prayer that we can all, from the youngest to the oldest, can involve in. And that's the beauty of the family crusade of prayer set up by Father Peyton. And they're still available today. You can go onto the internet and you can find his family theatre production. You can find his family rosary organisation. You can find the Father Patrick Payton Institute. And all these things are there to help you. One simple prayer, the rosary. And so we tr always try our best to say the rosary. Because within it, we're keeping ourselves close to Mary. And remember, what was the vocation of Mary? To bring forth the Christus, the Christ. And you and I, by virtue of our baptism, are Christus, our other Christ. And just as she formed the original Christ, she will form you and me as Christ. So that our whole life isn't mediocre. We're not like a bit of wood drifting on the sea. We have a focus. Our whole life is to be Christ. It is to bring everything we do, our work, our play, our prayer, everything. And we offer it to Christ on the cross. And you and I, by being other Christ's, redeem the world and we are co-redeemers with Christ and Mary is the co-redeemer and because of my prayers and your prayers and our sacrifices and all that we are also mediators and through the hands of Mary who's the co-mediatrix through Christ who is the mediator you and I bring countless graces on the world
You see, we have a fabulous privilege of being Christians. We're not the same as everybody else. By the virtue of baptism, we are God's children. We've entered into a different relationship with God to the rest of the world. To the rest of the world, God is far away. But for you and me, he's Emmanuel, God with us. And when God decided to become a human through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it was so that you and I could become divine. And the safest and surest way of going back to God is through the woman he came to. So it's through the hands of Mary that we go to God. That's why the rosary is such a beautiful, powerful prayer, because it keeps us close to Mary. It helps us be formed by Mary into other Christs. So that on the last day, when you and I stand before God in judgment, we will do so without fear, because we'll be standing in front of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who will bring us to the Father and say, these are my children. So have you forgotten to say your rosary? Why not look at Father Peyton's website, get some ideas to help you pray it, start again. As a family, start slowly. Maybe start with saying one decade together and work your way up until you say all five. Will your kids laugh during the rosary? Of course they will. We used to do the same when we were saying the rosary. But you will give them something beautiful that when anything happens in their life, they can fall back on the rosary. I'll finish with one last story. When I was training to be a chaplain in Cork Hospital, the teacher I had was a Spanish priest. And he said, you know, he said, you Irish are peculiar. I said, what do you mean? Well, he said, anytime anything happens, you take out your rosary and pray it. And he said, when somebody is dying, the family immediately take out their rosary and start praying. You see, even though at times we might have felt the rosary was long or boring, or maybe we laughed as kids, it's what we fall back on. So that when any trouble comes our way, all we need to do is take out our rosary, calm ourselves down, and look at things through the eyes of God. And may Almighty God bless you, in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The preceding program was a Spirit of Truth Radio Arts original production, in partnership with Salt and Light Catholic Radio. To find out more about Spirit of Truth Radio Arts, go to their website at www.castingthe.net.